0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air. I'm Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore all things to know about yoga. My passion is to open the doors of this powerful practice to the community and to share that passion with you. The Dunedin Yoga Lady, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM, and podcast from oar.org.nz. Thank you for joining me for the Dunedin Yoga Lady show. My name is Kate. I'm Kate Bendel. I am, in this context, I'm the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Really all that means is that I've done yoga for a very long time as a practitioner and I've also been teaching yoga for a very long time mainly because I love yoga, really. Um, so this show is for, for people who may already practice yoga or practice yoga in the past and love yoga, want to learn more about yoga or have questions that I answer on the show. It's also for people who maybe don't identify with themselves as a yoga practitioner but are curious perhaps. Or have watched someone they know or love go to yoga and talk about the benefits of yoga, but feel that maybe they don't, maybe yoga's not for them. So, in some ways, I love talking to people about how broad yoga actually really is. That's one of the hopes of this show for me is that people who may feel that they they can't do yoga for various reasons, that I can help them understand that perhaps, in fact, they can do yoga and that yoga isn't what we're currently seeing sometimes on social media, this kind of gymnastical thing that 20-year-olds just do. Yoga is for all of us, and that's what I'm quite passionate about, sharing and helping to demystify yoga and also extend the, the, the amazing potential yoga has for healing and self-improvement and health and well-being to a wider audience. So today's show, um, it's going to be myth-busting. So I'm going to go through some of the common myths that are around about yoga and talk to to those points, Um, hopefully in a way that will, again, help people go, oh, actually, maybe I could do yoga after all. So before we dive into the show itself, as I often do, I am just going to chant the opening prayers to the lineage where I received my teaching from, that's the lineage of TK Krishnamacharya um, and it's just sort of paying respects and also acknowledging that often what I'm saying about yoga, it's not my own cleverness that's made that up, I'm simply passing on what I was fortunate enough to be taught.
1: Shukla Paradaram Vishnum Shashi Pujam prasanna of Adanandya Sarva Vigno Pashantaye. Yes, yet Virata Vatra Parishadia Parashatam Vignan ignantisatatam. Vishvaxe Nanta Masha Yana Nanda Mayande Vam Sarva Vidyana. Pundari kasana sinam, pandura prendusani pam, kanda I agree vamupas mahe, gurupyas tat gurupyascha, namovakamatimahe. Vrne-mahe-chatat-pratyau, pati yagad krishna Narangin dry a summer pit Sri Krishna, my young Varya he. Yoga charyam Krishna maryam Kuruvayam aham pashe Shishikam Krishna maryasya Nata vam sha Kalyana guna rupantam deshikam nm namamyaham Prashanta Purushakaram Vinayoga Pracharakam Visheshavadikam Surim Tamdeshikam smaramyaham Sri Purupyo
0: So let's talk about some of these myths that are around yoga. So one of the very common ones is that yoga is stretching. That absolutely is not the case. <laughs> Sometimes in some parts of a yoga practice, there may be stretching. But to reduce yoga to stretching is a tragedy. That's like reducing all the f- foods into the world down to just rice. There is way, way more tools in yoga. There is far, far deeper reasons and processes in yoga than merely stretching. That is one of the things that has happened, unfortunately, as yoga has exploded into the West. It's kind of splintered off into the fitness industry. So there is really a whole lot of yoga happening currently which I I call it fitness yoga and to be really blunt a lot of it's not actually really yoga they've taken some of the surface dimensions of yoga primarily the physical moves and they've just kind of treated it like they would some other calisthenics or exercise um and that's really misleading for people. And sure, you might it might actually have some benefit and it might be a good thing. I'm not saying that they're bad stretches. I'm just saying they're not really yoga. And if people go to yoga expecting some of the benefits that yoga does offer, like to calm the mind for personal and spiritual development, to... Um, an overall sense of well-being you're not nec- you're not likely to get those benefits if you're just going to a yoga class that's just talking about stretching and getting you to do stretching so that's myth number 1 busted and so the other one that is connected to that really is that you have to be flexible to do yoga it still amazes me how many people ask that when they're inquiring into classes like do i have to be flexible Absolutely not. It's kind of, to some degree, it's actually irrelevant. Even though you wouldn't think that, if you look on particularly Instagram, um, in particular, seems to be this magnet for people to be showcasing their kind of extreme yoga moves that some particularly flexible often youngish people maybe who've had a dancing or a gym background or or who are just flexible people and they are doing these yoga poses and if you kind of thought that that what yoga was yes you could come to the the wrong conclusion that you had to be flexible to do it you really don't and it's not even the goal of yoga the goal remember i've said in other shows that actually the yoga uses the physical body it's not about the physical body the aim isn't to improve your physical body the the aim is to use your body to get into some other state on an inner level to influence your mind actually is the ultimate goal. So, no, you can come if you're as stiff as a board. And perhaps, depending on what class you go to, that will be better sort of understood in some classes than the other, depending on who the teacher is. If the teacher is is someone who's done a training that is more from this Western fitness yoga, yes, they they may be kind of leaning into this idea that it's all about stretching. Um, And if that's not what you're seeking and it's not getting you the type of yoga experience that you're hoping for, or you've been to one of those classes and you've kind of been humiliated and felt bad because you're not flexible keep looking go to another class find another teacher i would say there's so much around that if the first one doesn't work it doesn't mean that yoga broken for you and you can never do yoga it just means you haven't found the right class yet um here's another myth that again a fairly common myth or a myth a misunderstanding that you have to be vegetarian to be a yogi, to do yoga. No, you don't. No, you absolutely don't. There are definitely some recommendations about the lifestyle choices that we make um, and that within the yoga and Ayurveda context, there are foods that are considered, they use the word sattvic, and that means it's conducive of calmness and goodness on all levels, your, your body and your mind and your emotions and your energy. And, and meat does not fall into that category. Meat is not just meat, I'd say um, fish as well, definitely isn't sattvic. So depending, we could argue this till the cows came home. But the bottom line is you don't actually have to be anything other than exactly as you are to start yoga. The idea of authentic traditional yoga is that the yoga meets you where you are. It's not just for people who have already given up smoking and stopped eating meat. When I first started yoga, actually, um, I cringe to think of it. It was a long time ago, um, and I was a student living in Wellington. And I think at that time, to be honest, I think my diet had a fair number of mince pies and pints of beer in it. Um, (laughs) Not so much now. Um, but that, in some ways that illustrates the, the idea is that yoga takes you on a journey and along that journey of change and transformation, quite often people do later at some point decide to make different choices about what they eat or drink, but it's not a prerequisite, it's perhaps part of the outcome. Yeah, otherwise I don't know that there would be very many people in yoga classes. Actually, another one of the myths that I'd like to bust is this idea that that the the more complicated the postures are that you can do, the better you are at at yoga. You know, um, if you step into the yoga world at all, it becomes obvious fairly quickly that there's a continuum really of complexity and challenge in the physical part, the asana we call it, and some of them are kind of simple and not very challenging, and nearly all most people have access to them, and some are just way out there, they, they're really like acrobatic or, to the point of us think, looking at them thinking, wow, actually how could you get your leg to go in that direction? <laughs> If we look at someone doing that, it is zero indication that they have got a more advanced practice. Even though outwardly to look at it, what they're doing is very impressive at times. It is in no means an indication that they how about how long they've been doing yoga for or how far along the path of yoga they have come. Often people just by the very fact of being 18 means they can do some of that stuff. Like a lot of people who are young have just natural, incredible flexibility and strength. And they can do all those way out looking asana. And yet that's no, we're not seeing what's going on as an inner process. And there may be some people who never will get close to doing any of those asana. It doesn't mean they don't have an advanced practice. And the more you hang around in the yoga world and the more you understand of yoga, it goes from the gross to the subtle. And the physical part of it, what the body is doing, that's the gross part. That's actually kind of entry-level beginner's yoga. And some people get stuck there and never go beyond it. Whereas there might be someone who comes into yoga as a 35 or 40 year old, already their body's got some compensations and some injuries and just some wear and tear. And they may never, ever, ever do anything that looks even slightly fancy in yoga. Yet they may learn over time to be doing quite sophisticated and deep pranayama, which is breath, they may go down the path of meditation, they may take up chanting, they may delve into philosophy, all of these things are far more subtle, therefore profound and deep and effective than just that asana. So don't be discouraged if you sort of think well I'm too old or it's too late, I'm too fat or I've got arthritis in my knee, that does not in any way stop you from coming into yoga and being able to go a very very long way with your practice if you get the right practice if you bang on and try and master all those asana you may be kind of putting all your efforts in the wrong place and a good teacher will know that and a good teacher will guide you into what's appropriate for you. So in the past, I have talked about Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. That's kind of the the foundational text for all yoga, hatha yoga. And in there, it does mention that we, as part of the process of studying and learning and practicing yoga, is that we do need to master the asana. What that means is we don't have to master them all. We don't have to learn them all. There's hundreds of them. And my 35 years in the yoga world, I don't know that I've met anyone actually who would have physically mastered all the postures because that's not what he's meaning. What Patanjali is referring to is how we master asana is a are we able to do it in the correct way? And he clearly defines what that means. It means the it's that phrase, and that means can you be in a posture and there be ease and steadiness at the same time? Can you be comfortable as well as stable? So A lot of people can do really fancy stuff, but they're not even doing it with sukham. So yes, there is an expectation and a requirement to master asana, but that can be simple. That can be chakravakasana, just when you're on all fours, like on the floor, like you're a child crawling. It doesn't mean that you have to get into the realm of complicated asana. So hopefully, that's busted that myth. Another myth um, is that yoga can be learned from a book. Now, this isn't actually true. It can be a really good starting point. And a lot of us have started there. But ultimately, yoga is what's called an anushasanam, And it means that there is a teacher involved. It means that you need to have a human teacher to have a relationship. Yoga is a deeply transformational process. And part of that is that it's passed on orally. And you have some teacher there with you to walk the path alongside you. So hopefully there's more, but that's probably enough for today. So if you've just tuned in, you've been listening to Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. If you're interested in coming along to a class at the moment, my bulk of my teaching is up at New Yoga. They have a website, in New Yoga. Um, beautiful studio, lots of teachers up there. Um, you would be warmly welcomed. And I also have a website, The Dunedin Yoga Lady, same as this show, that's got some ways to contact me or a little bit more information about the classes as well. So thank you for spending this time with me. Hopefully that's given you some insight to perhaps you are able to come to yoga and yoga is for you. So thank you for listening and we'll be here in a fortnight's time. I'm Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore all things to know about yoga. My passion is to open the doors of this powerful practice to the community and to share that passion with you. The Dunedin Yoga Lady, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oar.org.nz.